You are listening to The Indonesianist, a podcast by the ANU Indonesia Project. In this series, we talk with scholars who have devoted a significant part of their life to help other people understand about Indonesia. Uh, hi, um, welcome to the Indonesianist podcast. Uh, this is a podcast where we talk with scholars who have dedicated a significant amount of their life to help other people understand Indonesia. This is not an academic discussion. Rather, we will talk about their interests, their personal life and views, and their hopes about Indonesia. And as many of you would remember or know that the Indonesia Project publishes a bulletin called the Bulletin of Indonesian Economic Studies or BIES. This is the journal. And today we are very grateful to be able to talk with a person who for a long time, for 25 years, was behind the publication of this bulletin. She is uh, the associate editor for the Bulletin of Indonesian Economic Studies. She is uh, my colleague, Liz Dreisdell. Welcome, Liz. Thank you, Thank you so much for uh, spare your time with us to talk about your experience. And um, today we're going to talk about your experience editing BIS and other stories uh, that are interesting related to your work here and also in general about the Indonesian studies. Uh, so as usual, I'd like to start with the origin story. So uh, if you can, please let us know about uh, where you grew up and how first you got interested in Indonesia. Well, I grew up in Canberra mm -hmm. uh, and uh, was most interested in language study of all the things I did at school. So when I came to university, I thought I'll do more language study. Right. And right there next door to my school, which is now the art school of ANU, mm -hmm. uh, which th that school, the, that uh, high school moved somewhere right. else, uh, just across the road was the Faculty of Asian Studies. Mm. So I thought, well, I'm, it makes sense to do something there. Yeah. And uh, I had the choice of Indonesian, Chinese and Japanese. Mm. And I must confess that part of my reason for choosing Indonesian was I was intimidated by Chinese characters. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also I have some... Right. Uh, I, I don't know that I knew very much about Indonesia, honestly, at mm. that time, but uh, my uncle, John Legg, is a mm. professor of, well, well, my late uncle was a professor of Indonesian history and wrote a biography of Sukarno. Oh, Sukarno. Okay. And uh, so anyway, uh, that's how I came to choose Indonesian. I did have a an ancestor who was involved in Chinese right. studies. He, right. he was uh, 
he translated the mm -hmm. uh, Chinese classics and was a, uh, a missionary in, oh. in Hong Kong. But right. uh, anyway, I, I wasn't <laughs> going to, to tell <laughs> what yeah. he did. So, right. and uh, uh, ANU had a very generous scholarship for people taking uh, Asian languages. Okay. And so I joined some very... Who were your contemporaries? Virginia Hooker, oh, who you were okay. already interviewed, and uh, uh, some other very good scholars, some of whom are not with us anymore, Ian Proudfoot and mm -hmm. Jeff Forrester. Right. And uh, other people who went mm -hmm. into the diplomatic service, like right. John Monfries. Okay. And uh, so, and our teachers were Professor Tony Johns, who of course, was also yeah. interviewed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, his wife, Johanny Johns. Yeah. And, uh, Dr. Silvani and Dr. Suito Santoso and Dr. Sibomo. And so it was quite a team that Professor Johns had got together to start the program in Indonesian studies. Right. Okay, very interesting. And you yourself taught Indonesian language in various places. Can you tell us about that experience? I, first of all, I trained in school teaching and uh, right. for a, a year I taught in uh, uh, Daramalan College mm. in Canberra and uh, then I did, um, I, I had a job at what was then Golden Teachers College right. which is uh, now being absorbed into Charles Sturt University okay. <coughs> right. uh, and then um, Professor Johns offered me a tutoring position in his department. So right. that was fun. And that was where I taught some people who went on to become very uh, productive and right. eminent scholars. And your students, mostly Australians? Yes. Okay. In those days, there right. wasn't this uh, phenomenon of lots of native speakers right. also wanting to study. Right. That came later. Yeah. Okay. All right. And how, how did you come to move from uh, an academic job to research assistant? All right, so my next job was at Flinders University right. as a, a lecturer. And it was during that period that I realized that my position as a university teacher was right. a difficult one because I had not really gained uh, a discipline grounding which would uh, give me a, a look into research right. uh, subjects and uh, I realized that actually I was a teacher but I wasn't actually a scholar. Okay. <laughs> and so... Well, um, you love teaching, right? I, teaching yeah. was great uh, and, and the best thing about teaching was in a way the best thing about editing which is the contact that you have with people and yeah. seeing them uh, Excel. Right. And uh, so I'm very proud of some of the people I taught. Uh, Professor David Hill, at, uh, uh, at, who was at Murdoch University, and right. who established Achichis. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. I think that was one of the most wonderful contributions to the relationship between 
Australia and Indonesia, facilitating students going to do uh, study abroad right. in Indonesia. Uh, but anyway, and then in uh, Flinders, um, I had another student who became a professor, David Bouchier. Both of them okay. ended up in Western right. Australia. Yeah. Uh, so I had one full time teaching right. at Flinders, but uh, I realised that I needed to change direction. Right. I like to think that I was like the Professor Herb Fick, yeah. who stepped backwards or downwards. <laughs> uh, but we are quite different because he he stepped downwards because he was a scholar and he wanted to right. spend his time on research and not running a department. Right. I went backwards to find uh, something else that I could do, preferably in the Indonesian right. studies field. Uh, and uh, one day, uh, so I came back to Canberra and, and uh, uh, started doing work as a research assistant. Right. Uh, and the first job was organised by the late Professor Jamie Mackey. Mm. Uh, who was a close friend of the Indonesia project, right. really a kind of mentor. Of course. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that job was to assist a committee of the Asian Studies Association right. to do uh, a survey of uh, the state of Asian studies okay. at that time because right. there was concern that right. Asian studies was not uh, doing as well as right. I needed to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so the Fitzgerald Committee under Dr. Stephen Fitzgerald was uh, uh, running that, that project. So I did that and we produced a report and then after that I got various jobs as, as a research assistant which had nothing to do with Indonesia. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and uh, finally I joined the industrialization in Southeast Asia project. Okay. And one day, uh, Professor Brookfield, who was my uh, boss in, okay. the, in that uh, project, gave me the unedited proceedings of a conference. Right. And asked me to make it into a book. Okay. And uh, I thought this is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that was my introduction to editing. Right. I should have known because the yeah. uh, uh, nitpickers right. in my family <laughs> go back the wrong way. <laughs> but right. that was how I discovered that. And uh, well, I. I probably shouldn't stop there. Oh, that's 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 a good segue at least to my next question, which is about BIS. I was going to ask you about uh, the time you start getting involved with BIS, but before that, I forgot to ask about your first experience in Indonesia. Was it during these times that you studied Indonesia that you visited Indonesia, or after? So it was during the time that I was doing a masters. Okay. And again, it's a bit uh, uh, back to front in that what I was having difficulty with the masters, okay. and I felt I wasn't getting anywhere. I should <laughs> take some time out. Right. Uh, I had been to Indonesia hmm. uh, before that for a short visit. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I and I had met 
the late John Harjonov ah, uh, at that time. Yeah. So I thought I'll just go to Indonesia. Right. So I, I went and contacted Joan and she set me up with her colleague, right. uh, Dr. Randa Sally Pandabia, who okay. was a fluent English speaker and right. was in the English department. Was he in Jakarta? Bandung. Yes. And uh, so I ended up uh, teaching some of her students and being her lodger. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. really become a member of the family there. Okay. And uh, uh, so that was a wonderful experience course, and yeah. very much a learning experience. And uh, it did the trick in right. that I came back and was able to finish the, the masters. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that was my longest time in Indonesia. Yeah, thanks for that story. So now, when did you start getting involved with PIS? Well, one day there was a knock at the door <laughs> of our house and it was Hal Hill. Okay. And uh, uh, he had spoken to Your neighbours, right? Yeah, in the same suburb, <laughs> yeah. yes. And he had spoken to Professor Brookfield saying, yeah. do you know any good editors? And I'm most grateful to Professor Brookfield because he mentioned my name. Mm. And uh, so Hal was asking me if I would apply for the right. job. And uh, so I did. Was Hal uh, already editor at Hal, the time? Hal was okay. already editor. Okay. Uh, no, Hal was head of the project. Okay. And, and Booth was the editor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so, uh, I applied for the job and right. was successful mm -hmm. and so began the 25 years. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. And who else were there at that time? You mentioned uh, Anne Booth, Hal. Hal and uh, Ross McLeod was okay. there and uh, Peter McCauley was, no, was Peter, no, he had been the head of the project, but I think he was right. maybe in the Philippines at okay. that time. Right. Not, uh, yeah, anyway. Right. Uh, and uh, so Anna Wiedemann was my predecessor okay. at the journal. There right. haven't, haven't been very many editors right. of the journal. Ruth Darusman was the first, uh, sorry, not editors, right. associate or assistant editors. Okay, all right. Darusman was for quite a number of years from the beginning. Right. And she right. was not just an editor, but a contributor, she wrote articles for the journal as well. Right. And then she was succeeded by one of my former students, Anna Wiedemann. Okay. And uh, right. uh, then there was uh, Alex Bellis was yeah. there as in the interim and then right. I started and so there have only been yeah. Yeah. two people since then. Okay. You sort of mentioned about you know, when you, your interest in editing uh, began, but can you elaborate more in, in relation to working uh, as an editor at BIS? Because, you know, of course, you, learn, you also learn along the way. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Yes, I learned a lot. And uh, <clears throat> uh, one person from whom I learned a lot was Beth Thompson, who oh, uh, yeah. became uh, although she was never on the staff of the project, right. uh, we hired her to do some work for me initially when I was uh, going to 
have some surgery. Right. And uh, she then edited most of the Indonesia update books, right. but she also helped us in VIS quite a lot, and, and I learned an awful lot from her. Right. She's a very good editor. And uh, I learned a lot from obviously the other the other staff. Right. I used to ask them for help quite a lot because I had to understand the economics and I didn't right. have any training in that. And uh, I learned a lot from the authors. Right. Uh, and and really the best part of the job was the contact with the authors working together on their paper. Right. And making it as good as we could make it. That, that was, uh, I learned a lot from that. Okay. And of course, from the, from the editor, the, each of the editors, which was Hal Hill and right. uh, uh, Ross McLeod, mm -hmm. and briefly also uh, Pierre van der En, right. who came into the project right. at the time. Yeah, I remember when I joined the project, 2012, it was also around the time you retired, and we at the project were finding it really difficult to find your replacement course, like Mission Impossible. <laughs> uh, but then, fortunately, we find you know, excellent editors also, Ben Wilson and now Sean Muir. Um, how would, what would you advise these young editors, if you can? Probably to enjoy that experience of, of working with the authors. And uh, I mean, there are a lot of things you need to yes. know as an editor. And part of it is how not to be too intrusive. Okay. Uh, one, one author said to me, it reads very well, but it doesn't feel like my paper anymore. <laughs> Did <laughs> so you get that a lot? That, most people didn't say it, right. but I, I... But to me, Lisa, no, sorry to interrupt you. I remember I also had a hard time, uh, you know, when you were uh, editing my, my, my paper, I almost gave up. But at the end, when I read the paper, I was like, wow, this is so good. I mean, so <laughs> I'm sorry that I had you feel you wanted to No, up. but it's for a good result. Yeah. It's, it's really good. So um, that actually goes to my next question. And how did you manage working with uh, authors and also with uh, editors? Well, partly consulting them a right. lot, which I suppose is part of that, uh, what I said about advising the, right. the authors. So we, we never did anything right. that they didn't uh, approve. Right. So uh, everything went back to the author right. to, to agree or to tell me, mm -hmm. no, that's not what I meant. Okay. Um, that could happen too. Right. Um, so, yeah, uh, the working with the authors and suggesting really, you know, suggesting things and asking right. them if this is if yeah. this is okay right. was an important part yeah. of that interaction. Yeah. Now I wonder Lisa, what is the typical life of editor? 
And also, I, I believe, I remember you told me one time that you had this community of editors and, and uh, is, is that a good, I mean, how, how does that, you know, uh, affect you in your, in, in your work? Well, that was a wonderful uh, development that happened over a cup of coffee. Okay. Um, I was talking with Alison Lee, who is one who was also a, a, a close associate of the project. She was always involved in the organization of the Indonesia update. Right. Uh, and we were talking about something, and I realized that we were all trying to solve the same problems. Right. And uh, yeah, I said, you know, we need, we need a group uh, to. So we can share and not keep inventing the same wheels. Right. And so we found all the editors in the uh, research school as it was at that time. When was and, this? Uh, it's, it's funny. I, I realize it's a long time ago. Okay. I can't remember right. when it was. But it's still going on, right? Yes. Well, it's it actually, it's interesting. The editors group, became less active mm. and some of us formed a book group from the editors group <laughs> when we retired. Um, like reading group? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, we did gain a lot and of course the other thing for me was the collegial relationship with Beth Thompson because yeah. I would often ask her, you know, what, what should I do about this? Okay. Yeah. I, I remember that when I was talking about the editors of BIS earlier, right. uh, and I mentioned Howard and Ross, of course I yeah. also must mention the other person who taught me an awful lot was Anne Booth, because mm -hmm. she was my first right. boss. Yeah. Right, right. And uh, well, you mentioned it already, uh, but maybe you can uh, uh, tell us more about you know, the most challenging part of your work and the most pleasant ones. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us the stories about that? The most challenging was probably the workload um, because we did uh, put in a lot of effort to uh, making the writing clear right. uh, and I am not a fast worker <laughs> uh, so yes there were sometimes long hours to get everything finished and meet the deadline and how how do you find uh, like a line between perfection or you know okay I have to finish at this point, otherwise the journal will not be published, right? Exactly. So I, I that, probably that's a hard thing. That is a very hard thing, but you do it because right. there's no choice. Right. At a certain point, you have to say, well, whatever is left that needs to be done, right? I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's painful, yeah. but. Um, essential with a journal especially right. because the schedule is yeah. very important and also i think uh, because well being the journal itself the bulletin of indonesian economic studies we want also to 
encourage Indonesian authors mm. to write in this journal, right? How do you find, I mean, the challenge dealing with Indonesian speaking authors, because of course that affects the way they, they write. And my guess it's more challenging, you know, editing the paper written by Indonesians than by English speaking. Uh, yes, the, the, uh, that's what I guess that's part of the right. workload. And yeah. I, I have seen that that element is has increased. So Sean and Ben and Sean have had a bigger challenge even right. than I did because yeah. so many Indonesian authors' papers are now right. accepted for publication. And uh, actually the worst, most difficult paper to edit was written by a native English speaker. The challenge was with the uh, Indonesian speakers for the reason you mentioned that right. we, we want to encourage yeah. more of them to uh, contribute to the journal. Right. Uh, also, I think the uh, way people are taught in Indonesia probably doesn't, uh, in Indonesian universities, doesn't uh, easily lead to the kind of writing that Western right. journals right. want. So that's another part of the challenge. Yeah. And I understand you just, you don't just edit uh, the Bulletin of Indonesian Econo Economic Studies, but you sometimes you also help with the book uh, we produce from the Indonesia Update uh, Conference uh, with Beth or not so much Not so because much. Beth doesn't need any help. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't think I only in the sense of consulting each other. Yeah. Right, mm -hmm. right. Okay, so you mostly you know focus on the bulletin of Indonesia. I was also involved each year in the Indonesia update, but right and small way. Right, and um, have have there been times that uh editors from other publications consulted with you asking you for help or advice in their work especially when it comes to publications or journals related to Indonesia? I didn't have much contact with the with other journals right. on Indonesia. No, it was more with the editors from our, our research group. Right. And um, I understand that uh, after you retired from BIS, uh, from Indonesia Project, you, post, you still did some additional work for the Indonesia Project. Can you tell us about that? Well, that was very uh, exciting in a way. I was asked to write a report uh, by Pakbudi Professor yeah. Sadamo. Uh, to write about how the Indonesia project spent the four-year grant from right. the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. Uh, and I, I did two of those for the last two four-year grants. And those gave me a huge sense of the contribution of the Indonesia project 
to the relationship between the two countries and to the great spread of Indonesia project activities throughout Indonesia, expansion of activities, seminars and uh, uh, sessions to discuss how to write a good article for a journal uh, and various lectures, public lectures, and but particularly the seminars, regular seminars in Indonesia, which brought together uh, people from many institutions throughout right. Indonesia, both in the planning and in the uh, talk seminars themselves. And uh, I hadn't understood how much the project had grown in that way. Right. And all this collaboration uh, was to me a huge <laughs> contribution to the people to people work that is underpins the yeah. relationship between the two countries, but in right. this case, Australia and yeah. so, so that was uh, a wonderful way to follow up the, the years of working in the project because I didn't, I had my head down <laughs> and I didn't see those activities uh, until I did those reports. Right. And then uh, after that, there was, it was the 50th anniversary of the Indonesia project. Right. It was coming up yeah and the project decided to produce a history right of that first 50 years right and i again got the job i didn't ask for it (laughs) but uh to be to assist uh, professor colin brown right right that uh, that one yes so that's the book so this is the book that liz mentioned yeah, and that was my first introduction to archival research. Right. And I could have had a, a career in that. <laughs> it was also very enjoyable. And what, when you say archival work, what, what, what actually you Reading people's letters and, uh, well, especially that actually. Right. Um, seeing how various things develop and how yeah. uh, people interacted. Right. So that was again uh, a wonderful way to yeah. finish a <laughs> long career. Right. Yeah. And Colin was very good to work with, of course. Yeah. And yeah. Do you still uh, follow uh, things going on in Indonesia or do you read news about Indonesia? A little bit, yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, and and I. Uh, when was the last time you visited? Uh, Twenty sixteen. Uh, okay. Yeah, and that was just a personal visit, right? Uh, to see another member of the project, Chris Manning. Oh, Jogja. So Chris was in right. Jogja, right. and uh, I didn't mention Chris earlier because he was not yet here when I started, but. Um, right. He's an old friend as well as a <laughs> colleague. Yeah. And of course, he was also head of the project after Hal yeah. left. Sure. And then after Chris was 
Uh, versus Rome. Right. Uh, and, and now Blame is, yes. Uh, but yes, the purpose of that visit was yeah. to, to visit Chris What's your and his wife too. Most favorite places in Indonesia? Oh, Bandung. Bandung, Bandung is my home. <laughs> <Why>? Okay. <laughs> and also, I like places surrounded by mountains okay. because we have what we live in one. Yeah. Uh, and then another favorite is Kyoto in Japan, where oh, I right. spend a lot of time. And yeah. Bandung is the same. Okay, so right. yeah. mountains. Yeah. Not that I climb the mountains, I just like them to be there. <laughs> okay, uh, interesting life, uh, Liz. Um, tell me what do you do uh, these days, every day after retire? I understand you just have uh, one grandkid. I have now, that's very new. Grandchild. Congratulations. So I have, thank you. <laughs> I, he's a little bit small yet for his mother to <laughs> give him up for babysitting. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing. And I've done a few, uh, but some volunteer work. Right. I worked for Lifeline. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. has been in the news lately. Yeah, of course. Sorting yeah. foreign language books. Right. That kind of thing and a bit of uh, learning. I always went there, like, like last week, I went there first day, first hour. Then you were lucky because yeah. if you wait until the second day, you'd be closed yeah. by the yeah. demonstrators. <laughs> right, yeah. right. What else do I do? I understand you. Is it violin or? I played the cello, but cello. that was a long yeah. time ago. Okay. That was, that was uh, I didn't do very well because of the workload at that right. time. But recently I've taken up, very recently, uh -huh. taken up the harp, which I have. Oh, it's <laughs> cool. Go that, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and of course, the other things retirees do, like book group, right? Meeting, yes, yeah. All right, well, that has been a very wonderful chat with you, Liz. Thank you, uh, thank you so much, much for sharing your experience with us. And I'm sure you know, uh, everyone agrees that the bulletin cannot be uh, in this good position without your help with 25 years of editing it and now uh, you have also uh, you know have good successors and I hope we will continue to have good editors for, for, for the bulletin and also uh, we thank your we thank you for your contribution for the initial project and all our activities so everything else it's a team effort <laughs> that's what makes it enjoyable as well as valuable. well thank you so much Liz thank you uh thank you listeners uh and we will see you again in the next episode thank you